0: Welcome to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered.
1: Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Well, actually, no, not today. Hurley was dragged away by Merritt Island. He's trying to make Merritt Island great again. So today, once again, I'm going to... Take a few extra shots. It's your favorite co-host, Kelvin Harris, and I'm not going this alone. I got some real heavy, heavy, heavyweights, some real sharpshooters. Mm-hmm. I got uh, I got my man Tim Fuller, the basketball extraordinaire, coach, manager, uh, confidant, and he's got one of his players who's going in this current NBA draft, the Anthony Melton, former guard from. University of Southern California. Fight on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually like USC growing up, even though I was from another coast. But I mean, hey, it's all about them canes. But congratulations, Anthony, on D'Anthony, excuse me, on being uh up for a pretty high draft spot. I, I I looked at a couple of mock drafts and you might be able to sneak into the first round. So congratulations on your part. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Now I'm we get some really good feedback this year, you know calvin Om and uh you know it's it's anywhere from late late lottery um you know on down, so you know we were hoping that uh we've even gotten some uh some inclinations that you know it may be you know in, the, in a spot in the top 12 waiting on them based off some of these workouts that we're doing now, so you know he's doing a tremendous job this entire uh pre draft process of putting himself in position to climb and um Part of the reason why I wanted him over here with you, so uh, you know he could kind of, you know, get the word out about what he's been doing and talk a little bit more about the process and uh, some of the things he's learned.
1: Yeah, well, he definitely adds a unique perspective to the whole process. And on today's show, what we're going to do, we're going to start out. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna die some eyes, cross some t's uh, with this NBA finals. We're gonna you know get a quick talk in about the finals. Um, Get each one of these guys' perspective because you know you got a player, you got a former coach, um, and they could give us different uh, perspectives that you won't normally see, you know, out of analysts. Um, then we're gonna we're gonna talk about where LeBron is going. We got to get it out there, Tim. I mean, because you know you're close, you you're you're close to the situation. Matter of fact, uh, rumor has it you've already gotten a new home in uh, L.A so
2: well, then, don't put that on
1: me don't put that on me i'm not the one well we're going to talk lebron and then we're going to get into the draft process as far as you know who the top draft picks are and you know talk about the uh journey into this year's draft um so you know by starting off let's let's talk about this nba finals um in my opinion, it was highly disappointing. Um, I personally think the J.R. Smith debacle in game one basically took all the steam out of um, took all the steam out of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And from, you know, game one on, it was basically over. I mean, um, and then I knew they were gonna lose game four when I saw that J.R. Smith had tweeted about LeBron getting all of the um, credit and then his, uh, his, his teammates taking all the blame. Uh, what do you guys think? About which part? Uh, about the fact that the series was very non-competitive and then J.R. Smith's comments as well. All
2: right. Yeah, Anthony, I'll let, you, I'll let you take the lead and I'll come in behind.
1: Uh, Well, I think
3: it was just, I think game one, that was kind of like, it was sad to see it, but like that really like lost like the finals for them pretty much because that was all they, everything went into that game. You know, LeBron had what, like 52 points. So I think they really just, you know, put it all out there for game one and really tried to steal one. And, um, I think that was really like, it just sucked the life away from them and it was, it was tough. And then I think other than they was just, they were just beat. So they had no other way. They didn't. Know, they didn't know what to do, and it was almost like. I mean, I don't want to say they're looking for excuses, but like it was seemed like every time something new came out, you know, in terms of why they're losing or something like that. So, I think. Uh, I think they were more so just mentally drained after all they went through. You know, you know, Game Seven with the Pacers, Game Seven with the Celtics, and then having to face them. I think it was just like they felt like they probably couldn't catch the break. The whole playoff series, uh,
2: uh,
4: Tim. Would, what are you... would,
2: yeah, go ahead. You know, I would agree with I would agree with DeAnthony's comments. Uh, you know, the, the basketball, you know, is is a little bit different than football uh, in that you have um, the same, you know, five guys on the on on the competition field at all times. You know, compete in offensively, defensively, offensively, defensively, offensively, defensively. Right, and so like, you know, mentally. You don't get a break, right? When you're when when you're locked in that space, and even though you know you know your assignments offensively, when things go wrong, you you carry it over to defense most uh, a lot of times, and, and it's the great ones that 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 don't do that, but it, it it works against you when you're playing against Golden State because they're so good offensively that no matter what you do defensively, you know eight out of 12 times they're going to score. So so you have to be geared up where your team can score nine out of 12 times, right, if you're going to keep on pace with them. And there's not a lot of teams that can do that. Like, a lot of teams are geared towards getting stops, and that's a team that they don't have to get stops because they're going to make up for it on the 3-2 to two game. They're going to hit more threes than, than, than you are, and that's going to equate to you know, i'll outscore I'll you when it comes to the, the amount of tools you put up. So it's it's a it's a difficult battle. So when you take something like what J.R. Smith did and you're close, and when I say what he did, I mean it's great getting an offensive rebound, but, you know, not getting the, the put the put back, not getting the opportunity, uh, even though George Hill missed the missed the three, uh it takes a big uh it it takes a big uh, wind out your well,
1: well let me ask you a question, Tim, and I I don't know how – I don't know if you can fully answer this, but after game one, talking to Jordan, I'm not talking about LeBron. I'm talking about what kind of impact did it have on the role players, guys like Jordan and, um, you know, Larry Nance and uh, George Hill. Because, you know, if this was the best-case scenario. It was a perfect storm. You had a great performance by LeBron. You had just enough uh, – uh added offense by the others, and it comes down and, and then what's crazy is they got really screwed on two calls down the down the stretch, and they still if he just takes the ball and puts it back in the hole, the game is over. So you know, I don't know if you can you know publicly say but I mean how how did Jordan feel?
2: Well, I would just say that man, like everybody was surprised. Um. Uh, disappointed, yet still trying to compete. Uh, so it was a mixture of emotions. It's like, hey, I think, I think over- it also adds more pressure to it too, because
3: you know, with going to state, you can, you really can't mess up anymore. Right. So it's right. like yeah. you're not gonna take that same risky shot. You're not gonna take that same you know risky gamble. So now you've really got to lock down, and you know some some players, you know in that, you know, risky environment like Jr. Smith does. Well,
1: the, th- the thing I That's
2: a great point from a player's point of view as well.
1: Yeah. Well, and the thing that I think that's interesting is that if they win game one, I really believe they would have won game three. And I think right now we would be going into a two, you know, it would be a two-two series. It's just, it's just a crazy momentum swing. Um, uh uh, I want to say right quick to uh, the, the Get Down family, if you want to call in and ask any questions for DeAnthony or for Tim, call in at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Now, looking at it, I was watching the jump yesterday and I've been hearing some, some rumors that there's some unrest in the Golden State world and I'm, I'm confused as to why that is because... You just got through winning your second straight uh, NBA title in your third in four years, and, you know, the emphasis has been on Kevin Durant. And it's like, it seems like to me that this guy is just unhappy, you know, all the time. Um, Am I missing something? Uh, Tim? Well, I think that in this space,
2: and I'll speak from a manager slash like advocate of players' point of view. I'm always wanting my player to get to get his just due, and so I teach and I teach our guys this. You know, the will be a witness to, you know, exercise your leverage when you have it, right? And so here you you know you're 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 someone in this in this space and regarded as one of the top you know three to five players you know, arguably two-time MVP, and it's time to get it's, it's time to get a check. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to start speaking up for my client. And, and however different ways I use, whether it's the media, whether it's different inside sources, uh, you know, I'm going to start speaking up for my client. And I see, you know, some of the things talking about, you know, what type of deal KD should get. And the GM, Bob Myers, was very, you know, poignant when he said that, you know, KD can have any deal he wants. <laughs> 'cause you know at the mm-hmm. end of the day you know katie's been put he put that dagger in the calves two years in a row now let's 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 talk about that from that left that left high wing about twenty seven feet away from the rim
1: <laughs> he he put that dagger in him two years back to back I, I that, agree that, that deserves a check i agree um well, I'm gonna say this the reason i i got a somewhat of a problem with this and that you had a chance to get this check last year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if honestly, if I'm the NBA PA, I'd have a talk with KD or any of these guys that's doing these homeboy homeboy discounts. Now, it's one thing to give a little bit of a haircut, mm-hmm. but you, you can't have your top players. Like this is the problem that the Patriots are running to running into now in football. Because now Tom Tom Brady is feeling salty that Kirk Cousins is making all this money, and well, it's your fault. You can't like as much as you. It's 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 a really fine line between being a team player and then screwing yourself. And you know, I, I can't feel bad for KD because he made these decisions. And I mean, I'm not going to even get into the whole leaving Oklahoma State thing because I'll sound like the old guy. Who's telling uh, DeAnthony to get off of his lawn? And I don't want to <laughs> i don't want to sound like that, but it's the optimal place for this guy. I mean, and the Warriors seem like they have no inclination that he needs to get paid. They, you know, they're trying to juggle a lot of balls here. Because I just read that Draymond is not going to take the extension because he's looking for the big payday. And then you got Clay. Uh, Michael Thompson came out and said his son ain't signing a five-year, hundred million-dollar deal. He wants to 188. So you got four players that want 188 million dollars. I'm not a mathematician, but um, that ain't gonna add up. Right, well, man give me give,
2: give me the players' perspective on this, D-Man, and then I'm i I'm a weigh in. Uh, well, hold him. that thought,
1: D-Anthony. Hold that thought yep. until after the commercial or the 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 the, uh, the break. And when we come back, we're going to let a player give us his perspective on what he thinks should happen here on the get-down with Hurley Brown with the, the the great combo guard from USC, D'Anthony Melton, and his uh, his management, Tim Fuller, a former Kane, by the way, former Kane coach. So it's all about the you all the time. So let's take this quick break, and when we come back, we're going to listen to what D'Anthony has to say on the get-down with Hurley Brown.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Thunder chickens, beware. We're coming for ya. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, it's all about the Spring Gobbler Smackdown, and our panel of pros are out for beards. Joining us is David Blanton of Bill Jordan's Tree Outdoors and Monster Bucks, outdoor writer M.D. Johnson, and Pete Muller from the National Wild Turkey Federation. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rides to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now, just like the game itself you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. is The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Family, family, we're back on The Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host today, Kelvin Harris, normally your co-host. Hurley had some things he had to take care of. But we hold it down. We got a full basketball edition. I've got my man Tim Fuller, former uh, assistant coach at the University of Miami, University of Missouri, and and you you also at Wake Forest too, right? Yes, sir. So uh, and he's a he's a graduate of Wake Forest. He's a Demon Deacon. and he's got one of uh, one of his clients, the venerable the Anthony Melton. 6'4 combo guard from the University of Southern California. Fight on! So, <laughs> the the Anthony, you were going to talk to us about your perspective um, uh, on the KD situation. Uh, also, let me, before you, any, any of you guys out there who want to chime in and give your opinion, call in at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Now, enlighten us you're the young guy here i mean we're all old and telling people to get off our lawn so enlighten us and and you tell us what you you think about this katie situation because he is one of your contemporaries
3: uh i think it's tough uh as a warrior like organization you got to look at you know who's the most valuable and you got to pay him a a based upon that and also what like the priorities are and do they want money or do they want championships cuz if they want more championships then you might have to take another pay cut but they also got families to feed and this is only a short window i mean we think 10 years 10 15 years is a lot but that's a short window to make a lot of money so you got to you know realize what's more important here and you know it's tough cuz KD's been you know been giving LeBron fits and Steph, you know Steph. Clay's been, you know, the X factor in whatever game they need him in. And Draymond, you know, their defensive anchor. So it's tough to like find out what what they need and want. And you know, I don't know who they should pay. Um, I know, but you <laughs> do got to pay KD. That's that's for sure.
1: And the rest is up to them. Well, I think when it's all said and done. I think Draymond Green is gonna be the guy that gets left out. Um let me, uh, let, me say, let me say this.
2: Let me say this, Calvin. So so yeah. when you shake when you shake this you shake this loose, right? You look you look up Forbes, the, 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 the valuation on the Golden State Warriors is up nineteen percent from last year. Right? So yeah, it should be what about two
1: what is it, about two billion dollars?
2: Well, it, it's 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 on here at uh 3.1, but, you know, that's, that's, that's going to flow in, in a couple of different directions. But the point I'm making is this, right? When when your team's bringing in almost $400 million a year, right, like yeah. you know, you've got to slice that pie up. And owners, owners not taking a haircut, you know, the DMs not taking a haircut, they're all getting their money. And so when it comes time for these players to get paid, hey, I don't have a problem taking my ownership over the luxury tax if if I've performed and when I've performed. And so, Katie took a haircut so he could keep everybody together and go back-to-back championships. The whole goal of playing, and you see it with, with Chris Paul, you know, is, 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 is to win a championship and to get paid. So, after you've done one, do the other. Like yeah. they're my, If they're my clients, we, we're going for super because at the end of the day, like, hmm. you're not guaranteed that those knees might not stay the same. That shooting touch might not be everything. So, you got you got two rings for the KD. The rest of the guys got three. Go ahead and get some security. And it's uh, like, you got three rings. I, go go no, get I, your
1: 188, you know? I, I, t- I totally agree. And the thing about it is, when you break it down, for those of you out there who don't know, the Golden State Warriors are moving out of Oakland into a st- across the across the bridge. From what I gather, from what I've, I've, I've heard, they're paying for the majority of the arena, and the cost is a bill. When I say a bill, I mean a billion dollars. Now, the the part that you are correct about is they're making a lot of money. Now, this can be tricky. They've been paying anywhere from 100 50 to $200 million in luxury tax the last few years. Mm -hmm. And and I really believe they will continue to do it at least for the next two years because they have to get people to buy those seat licenses and those uh, boxes in the new arena. Now, once they get in the new arena, they're going to ditch somebody. And I'm looking at it, I'm thinking it's going to be Draymond because when you look at it, uh, I was watching Ryan Hollins and uh, Jalen Rose break down a couple of plays in the game, and Ryan Hollins' whole contention was it all gravitates around Steph Curry because they showed the uh, the set, and there should have been some help, but nobody wanted to leave the shooter, and that well. left KD. You know, wide open. Now, personally, I feel like KD is an, is a, is a is an is an accessory, a great accessory. But they won a championship without him. But the reality is, Correct. now that they have that accessory, it's like once you get that that big watch, it's an accessory, but you don't want to take it off. So I think Draymond, I think Draymond Green is the odd man out here because Clay is not only a great shooter, but he can guard three different positions, and you basically, with JaVale McGee playing how he's playing, you can replace, uh, you know, in theory, you can replace Draymond Green. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, hey, matter of fact, Anthony, that could open up a spot for you next year. I mean, hey, they go – because the one thing that's going to happen year after year is they're going to get rid of their role players because they got to keep – some space open so there's going to be guys that get a chance to get a get a shot at a ring now there is a uh, a growing sentiment that lebron will be moving on to the los angeles lakers that's they're the odds on favorite right now if you had to pick a team tim what team do you think lebron should go to and then, D'Anthony, you answer that question. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, me personally, guys, LeBron want to win a ring. Once one win a ring. I, is, I think he goes down there with the Houston Rockets. Personally, the yeah. I, there's, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of egos that can compete on the same court with LeBron. Like you got to be the consummate professional in order to be able to even take You know his his leadership and him challenging you, and the things that he's going to bring to the table, uh, just from overall competitor standpoint.
1: Well, that's my big that's my big question about James Harden. I just don't know know, if he got that will to be the greatest.
2: Yeah, no, but you know what though, with Chris Paul and LeBron on the same team, their personalities mesh such that you know you know those two you know two peas in a pod, and they're going to you know they're going to raise the level in a way and James will follow suit
1: what do you think, you think
2: uh that's tough i really don't
3: think i really don't think he should leave i i don't like i know he probably wants more rings and in terms of getting more rings that i agree with i agree with Tim on a Houston thing but i really don't think he should leave I don't don't
1: know. I think that's that's the national legacy I have. Well, honestly, I don't think he would leave if Dan Gilbert wasn't the owner. The problem is their relationship has run its course. Um, And then uh, Brian Windhorst kind of came out today and said that Dan Gilbert kind of feels like he could do this without LeBron. Good luck with that. But you know there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of ego and 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 we were just talking about the luxury tax. Now Dan Gilbert owns a number of casinos and he's basically bought up all of downtown Detroit. So now the pressure on him to have a winner in Cleveland is a lot less. He's paid the luxury tax the last 4 years, 3 years. They've been to the finals the last 4 years. They have a championship he don't really have any incentive to try and woo LeBron back. And I think personally, as a guy with the type of money he has, he probably wants his organization back because, to be honest, it hadn't been his organization since LeBron stepped foot back in Cleveland. So ego aside, I think he's not going back to Cleveland. And, you know, the three, the four organizations that you keep hearing are uh, Lakers, Houston, Philadelphia, and Boston. I just don't see Boston. I just, I would be disappointed if he went to Boston. I really would, honestly. And for disclosure, I am a Lakers fan, but from a standpoint of, um, you know, LeBron being the guy. I think the Lakers is the best situation for him because when he goes to Philly, Tim you maybe can you know add to this. I just don't think it's a good basketball fit because you got two guys who need the ball, and neither one of them is a is a, is a lockdown three point shooter when I say two guys i mean Ben Simmons and lebron how the, how's that going to work out
2: well guys i mean it it's, it's it's known it's obvious that LeBron does best when he's when he has you know, a, a big rebounder in, in the middle, and he's got three other guys that can shoot around him, right? So, like, that's not him. Let's just be honest. Besides, J.J. Riddick and, um, I mean, J.J. Riddick might be the only one whose game translates no. over to be able to play outside the
1: box. Covington can shoot a little bit.
2: Yeah, a, a little bit. That's that's why I was going to say. Like, <laughs> you know, he can shoot, but you kind of need a guy that's that you know, is going to be there every night. Make you know, and is a a deep threat. I mean, to be honest with you, man, like if LeBron was was in KD's role, it would be a it would be a nice fit. You know, if he was yeah. in, a, in a role where he had a Steph Curry and a uh, and a Clay Thompson, and you know, rotating another guy or two that could stretch, that'd be a good situation. But I mean, I, I do agree with DeAnthony that to 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 the tune of his legacy, standing Cleveland is a um. Yeah, could, could you know, as to his legacy, but also, I'm just—I don't see the roster shaking up to be um, the type of roster that is going to help him compete for championships.
1: Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to discuss this a little more, and we're going to get into the draft, into the Anthony's journey in the draft. So we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to talk more LeBron. The draft the Anthony on the Get Down with Hurley
4: Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: Is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Family, family. We're back here on The Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host today, Kelvin Harris, normally your co-host, and i got basketball extraordinaire Tim Fuller, Uh assistant coach at multiple power five colleges and his uh, client who was in this year's NBA draft, the Anthony Melton, uh six, four combo guard from the university of Southern California fight on. So, you know, we were talking about where LeBron would go and, you know, i you know, Tim made a great point off air. LeBron, it's basically a human, human stimulus package. I mean, I got to witness that up close uh, when he came here to uh, South Florida. Basically, the week before, the condos in downtown Miami were 1500 2000 a month. Two days after he announced, they was $3,500 a month. I mean, the, the ticket prices to a heat game, the I mean, the nightlife of... Uh, one of, one of my former uh, uh, college, uh, well, it wasn't a college teammate, he played on the basketball team, Michael Gardner's uh, the top urban promoter in the country. They do a, 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 a club called Live on Sunday inside the Fountain Blue Hotel. When LeBron uh, announced, that club was already hot, but he took it to another level, and it's been out, out that stratosphere since. And when he went back to Cleveland, Like, when he left Cleveland, he basically decimated downtown. And when he came back, you know, now, the one thing I'll say is if he goes to Los Angeles, I don't necessarily think it'll be an economic boon for the Lakers because the Lakers already are a show. But I think he will put the showtime back in the show. And I think there'll be, I I think it would be a good thing for the NBA because now you got the hope of Boston versus the Lakers again. And then you got the, the tied in uh, rivalry of Kyrie versus LeBron. So, you know, I think that would be a great move for basketball, but wherever he goes, I'm just, I just, I think he's earned the right to be happy because he has really put it down in his 15 years. And he's been all about the basketball. He's been all about his teammates he stayed out of trouble. He's donated back to his uh community. I just, you know, whatever decision he makes, I think he's at the point now. Just be happy. Um, D'Anthony, you are in this draft. In where? What now what was uh the main focal point for your decision to enter the draft? Because what 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 year are you? You a sophomore? Yes. Now I know you had some problems with um, the NCAA. Now the question is, could you have come back next year and played or did you was it over?
3: Uh I believe so. I think um you know, my school there was working on my eligibility. So by time like, you know, season would have rolled around that um I think we could have been either close or you know, at the point of me being able to play. So um, my decision weighed a little bit on that in terms of just, you know, not knowing fully if I was going to play a lot. But, you know, uh, that wasn't my main my main focus point on me not coming back to school.
1: Now, you uh, are a California native. You went to Crespi and Sino and then you went to USC. So you basically spent your entire life in the Southern California area. Has it dawned on you that maybe you may end up, say, in a place like Boston or even Toronto, completely across the country? (laughs) I mean, how how do you feel about that? No, it does. I don't think it really,
3: you know, affects me. You know, I adapt well no matter where I'm at. So, you know, a place doesn't really bother me. And I always find, like, the best out of anywhere because, you know, every city has people that have lived there for real. Five, ten years, and you know they love it there. So that's what I try to do. Whatever city I go to, you know, just find the best out of it. You know, find a secret spots uh, and everything. You know, the ins and outs of it.
1: Now, what teams have you worked out for? Did you, you went to? Did you go to the combine in Chicago? Yes, yes. Did you go? Did you go to Portsmouth too? Is it is it Portsmouth the other one, or is it Orlando? No, Portsmouth Portsmouth, po- po- for seniors. They're like yes. the seniors. Oh, so, so how, how did you do in uh, Chicago?
3: Uh, I did well, you know, my first time playing 5-5 five five in a minute, so, you know, <laughs> it was just good to get back out there and, you know, see other guys and see everything like that, but I had fun, though,
1: I had fun. Now, now I watched you a little bit uh, a couple years ago, I watched USC, because y'all, uh, you know, y'all surprised some people, now... What was your vertical? Because you look like a springy type player that could, you know, slash, shoot a little bit, you know. But you look like you got a little bit of a vertical. So how's your vertical?
3: <laughs> uh, my vertical's pretty well. Um, when I tested out the combine, um, you know, I didn't test my best. We had just played a game. So I was a little step But uh, I've gotten 38 inches before on my, on my vertical. And I feel like I you know, increased it a little bit. So, you know. Next
1: time, wow. next time I test my vertical. We'll figure it out. Now, what's best for you, point guard or two guard? Uh, I think this past year I've really developed into more of a point guard, and just you know
3: being able to run a team and all that you know sorts. You know everything that a point guard has to has to do for his team and just lead them. But also, uh, before that, I've been a shooting guard, more of a combo. So, I think. The, better, you know, the beauty of me is I'm, I'm able to excel at both positions, and
1: um, the stuff I do on my sides is, you know, it puts me at more of an advantage of the point composition position. Though, I, I don't want to put this pressure on him, Tim. But I'm going to make a comparison to what I saw the few times I watched him play a couple of years ago, or watched the team play. I think he could transition into. A Russell Westbrook type player. Tim, what do you think?
2: I think I think for him, you know, we we've had a couple of ceiling talks. So, like, you know, Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, has been a part of the conversation. Uh, you know, we've also discussed Terry We've also discussed um John Rondo compared. To, so I mean, yeah, he's I'm, I'm that, outside. That's
1: why that big guard talk. Okay. Rajon Rondo, interesting. Well, he shoots better than Rajon Rondo.
2: Correct, but his defensive instincts are are, are
1: similar. So it's
2: kind of a combination of of the three.
1: Yeah, because I did. I mean, the one thing that USC did do, I like the way they played defense. Now, now, Tim, let me ask you a question about the entire draft. I personally think that he's got a shot to go higher than you know, you know maybe he's projected because I think this is a weak draft. I think outside of DeAndre Ayton and maybe Marvin Bagley and possibly the Wendell Carter kid, uh, I'm not too uh, I'm not too thrilled about what I see. Am I wrong? I'm gonna tell you once these bigs are
2: gone. So, so you talked about DeAndre Ayton, uh, one of the players that nobody talks about, but DeAnthony's out there working out with him uh, a good bit. Is Mo Bamba? Uh, he, he uh, he's going to, uh, he, he's a game changer, you know, with
1: his abilities. Um, well, I'm glad you his, brought his name and up and because and I was Jared talking a little, a little bit. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday about him because uh, my friend lives in Houston. Bamba in one of his workouts nailed eighty percent of his threes. Um, he and DeAnthony have the same shooting coach, Drew Hanlon, so that uh,
2: we sent DeAnthony out there to you know perfect, better perfect his jump shot, and D'Anth- and then uh, Mobamba is with the same uh, coach, correct? DeAnthony, correct. Now is he a legit seven footer? DeAnthony, what you call him? Legit
3: seven foot, and like his wingspan is like legit, like seven, seven, eight, seven, nine. This is ridiculous. Does he have
1: any low post moves?
3: Uh, that's the thing. He's been he's been working on his low post a lot better, and, and it looks good. You know, he's been working with Joel and B and you know guys like that. So uh, I think his low post game is coming along. And I'm like, I'm more impressed like the way he's shooting it too. And like before his, I'm not even gonna lie, his form was kind of like it was kind of ugly. But like now it looks good and um, okay. it looks good, and it's going in at a lot higher rate.
1: Okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about De'Andre, or well, De'Anthony, excuse me, uh, uh, his his journey in the draft, and more about the draft. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about De'Andre Ayton when we come back. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to delve more into this draft on The Get Down with Hurley Brown.
4: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs)
0: This is The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Brown at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Family, family, we're back here on The Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host today, Kelvin Harris, normally your co-host. And i got got uh, basketball extraordinaire Tim Fuller. And his uh, client, the Anthony Melton, 6'4", combo guard from USC. Fight on! So, I want to talk about DeAndre Ayton um, just for a brief moment because I had a conversation with somebody about it last week, and I thought that with him and MB that they were going to break back the low post game. Now, when you look at him, Tim, how do you compare him to Embiid? Well,
2: I think he's more uh, even of a throwback center. Like I'm gonna give him more of your David Robinson, a rim yeah. runner, you know, a dunker, you know, a guy that can make that 18 footer consistently on a pick and pop. Um, Joel Embiid is kind of a conglomeration of, of 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 the new the new wave, the new center, um, and is and, and has a package like that. Uh, where he, you know he can start the break and finish the break. I'm more or less looking to see DeAndre Ayton be the guy that that owns the paint and really can can work in the in those in those boxes um, and elbows and, and really uh, you know try to try to revolutionize or take the game back to those
1: centers that could that could play that way. He, you know what I like about him? He runs the floor and he hustles all the damn time. I mean. Yeah. On both ends of the floor. And I think right now, if you are a six, ten to seven foot big man, take your butt inside. I mean, go call up Shaq. Learn a drop step dunk, uh a jump hook from both sides of the block. You could be making thirty million dollars a year if you got if if DeAndre Jordan had a jump hook from both sides of the block. It could hit seventy percent of his free throws. He would be so valuable. I ain't gonna say he would be in the stratosphere with you know KD and and LeBron, but he would be a valuable asset in the league. Other than instead of possibly being trade bait. Now, Jaron Jackson, have you worked out with Jaren Jackson at all, there, Anthony? No, I've not. He's getting
3: a lot I don't of love. Really know
1: too much of him. Yeah, he's pretty long. Uh Tim, what'd you think? I I just think he I thought he needed another year.
2: Well, I mean, the, the, here's a here's what you're going to get, okay? It's called development and you're you're familiar with that word uh <laughs> but Yeah. If you if you had to if you had a son, okay? And your son was either going to go to study hall two hours a day, go to class three hours a day, and then play, you know, in, and, you know, 30, 35 games or so uh, for a legendary coach. Or your son was guaranteed to make $2.5 million a year for four years. And was going to be developed uh, by
1: arguably, you know, coaches at the highest level. Which one would you choose? I I I get your point, but I'm gonna bring up one name for you. Just I'm, I'm a, a random name that kind of got me on the fence. Went to a top school, was a great player. Well, no, he was he was a decent player. Probably should have came back because he didn't start. Had the size, and now I don't know where he's playing at. I'm picking this out of the, out of a hat. Daniel Horton. Yeah, the, the one thing I mean,
2: you could. There's a whole lot of names, of guys that can go and and do that. Daniel Wharton didn't play well at Kentucky, uh, and uh, a lot a lot of the things got exposed uh, about his game. So well, so it's a little bit different scenario in that you're you know that that kid's a guaranteed top ten pick. For the very well,
1: few, no, you know, and, you know, and that's why he got to go. Like I Sorry. understand he got to go because when you guarantee the top ten. The coaches gonna tell you to go. Like that's one of the they things should. that Cal that Calipari definitely does. It's like, nah, man, you can't come back here. Nah, you gotta go. So like I
2: give you, you even another name, you know, Calvin, is like Miles Bridges, your teammate. I mean, Miles Bridges was projected out of high school to be top ten. Now I don't know I don't know if he break, breaks that same mold after playing two years at the same school. Uh it's unfortunate, man, but these guys get scrutinized. Quite a bit. Um, the, the highly heralded guys, when they don't go one and done, it's almost as if if they weren't good enough, or you know, people take certain, uh, you know, certain looks at their at their development, and
1: they start to put them in a box and they overanalyze them. Well, the thing I don't understand is, is that okay? Let's just take Shaq for instance. Shaq could have came out as a sophomore, but that extra year. And, you know, the money was different. I'll say that the money was different and the time was different. But that extra year took him from being possibly a good center to an icon.
2: And I, and I would say the same for, for, for my former teammate, Chim Dunkey. You know, he could have yeah. left after his junior year, uh, but he didn't. And he and he stayed for his senior year and then he went number one overall. Uh, so the thing is, it's gotten away from from a college standpoint, is you know once they put that 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 rookie scale on guys, um, the NBA started to now take younger talent ahead of older talent. So the yes. NBA is, is kind of almost put this um, on us to say kids need to go as early as possible because they'll take a young man like like my guy, De'Anthony Melton, who's, who's, uh, who's 19, just turning. Just turning 20 in his in his space where he could say, "Hey, uh, he's going to outperform a guy in the same position that may be two years older than him and had graduated from college and spent all four years, uh, you know, like like some other guys. So it behooves a young talent when you're when you when you're able to go to go because your development is going to take place in the NBA and they're going to invest." in that development and believe in that development um,
1: at, at a higher clip. Well, I think every team should have a D league team, or excuse me, a G league team so that they could develop the talent. And I think at some point it's going to come to that. Uh, I just think that right now, uh, and actually, you know, I'll pose this to you, D'Anthony. What kind of fundamental training did you get coming up? I mean, was it emphasized as much? Because, like, now, it seems like it's all about shooting
3: threes. Uh, For me? Yeah. Uh, Growing up, you know, it was like I was more so like a football player that, you know, played basketball kind of on the side. So I just really got, like, the discipline and um, the physicality and, like, you know, the mental side of it down first. And then with the instincts also, so. I had to really develop, you know, all my skill later on as I got older. And so, you know, I'm still developing, but, you know, my defensive side and my instincts have really carried me and helped me with that. And just being, like, a student of the game and just, uh, I really learned, like, the little things is the most important. And, you know, the footwork to everything, that's, like, the biggest thing. Because you can probably do some stuff, but if you don't have the right footwork, it's not going to work. So I think that's the biggest thing that kids have to realize that footwork – just like, you know, even playing in the post, you don't have the right footwork, you're not going to be able to get that shot off because you're going to be traveling. You know, sometimes you may double dribble, you know. You get mixed up and you trip tripping stuff. So that's why you see a lot of younger, taller kids, they're clumsy, and you say, oh, they're not good, but they just don't have the right footwork. And once they get the right footwork, they become a lot better.
1: Do, do you watch uh, any old, like... I look at a guy like you, and you, you're good on the defensive end. Like, I could see you being a Gary Payton-type guy. And, like, do you ever watch guys like that, like on YouTube, the old games or whatever?
3: Yeah, no, of course. Um, I love to watch, uh, like, Gary Payton. I watch a lot of, you know, Dwayne Wade and players that just get it done on both ends of the floor, and they take pride in it, too. You know, uh, Dwayne Wade, probably the best shot-blocking Shooting guard of all time, so uh, and I like to block shots too, so it's it's fun and watching David Payton and Isaiah Thomas just and Joe Dumars, just players like that that you know. Oh,
1: Joe Dumars, play
3: player every I night we- so, you know, put up ten and fifteen points.
2: Hey, hey, uh, Calvin, on a on a footnote there, he's actually being mentored through the draft process by Joe Dumars, so like oh man, we're trying to work strategic, we're putting that in place. For him uh, being a six four guard that you know can learn from a you know one of one of the best. So Joe Joe's been phenomenal I mean, during this process, helping help DeAnthony understand uh, his
1: his position, how to embrace
2: it.
1: Joe was a constant professional. I tell you, there's another guy, DeAnthony, that if you get a chance to look up from a defensive standpoint, is a guy by the now he's had some a lot of off the field, off the court issues, but as a on court defensive player, Alvin Robertson. That guy, because you got a you got a similar build, but that guy was a lockdown defender. And he had that dog in him that he felt like nobody could score on him. And, you know, he just can't get his life right outside of basketball, but inside the the, the white lines, he could pretty much shut down anything. Listen, I have enjoyed this show, Uh Anthony. After the draft, we want to bring you back and you know follow you through the whole process. Uh, you know when you go to Vegas for the summer league, whatever team you're on, and Tim also. Now the draft is when next Thursday. Yeah, Thursday to do, uh, June 21. Okay, we gonna be we gonna be rooting for you. I'm rooting for you because uh. I think you can make an impact in the league. Now, how can they follow you with social media-wise, DeAnthony?
3: Uh, my Instagram is DeAnthony, so D-E-A-N-T-H-O-N-Y underscore Melton, M-E-L-T-O-N. And then on Twitter, it's just, you know, DeAnthony Melton straight through. D-E-A-N-T-H-O-N-Y and M-E-L-T-O-N.
1: Okay. Now, Tim, you got any social media handles you want the people to uh, – Check out. Nah, my stuff is all about our players, man. We're a player first.
2: and I'd rather them get uh, the recognition and what they need. We just stay in the background. And, you know, De'Anthion tell you, uh, you know, I'm trying to uh, mold him to be a face of, the franchise, of a franchise one day. That'll be all the uh, recognition that, that we need, you know, when he's in position to do the things that he needs to do.
1: Hey, I hear you. Uh, that, that, that's great unselfishness. That's how you build an empire. A uh, 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 quick note. Uh, get down family. Next week, we're going to have one of my former teammates, me and Hurley's former teammate, the number one pick in the 1991 NFL draft, a Dallas Cowboy, a Green Bay Packer, Russell Maryland. We're going to talk to Russell next week. So mark that down. I'm excited because Russell, he was the conscious. He kept us in line. And he also kicked my butt a lot of days in practice when I was learning how to play offensive guard. So so up until next week, I, I like to end like this. It's all about the you, baby. Kane's for life. Enough said. Thanks for
0: tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the voice America sports channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.